you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. I'm your host, DJ Impact. I got the Vegas Bad Boys here with me. And we are here for three count. And it's good to see you, fellas. We haven't done a three count in a while. A lot was going on, especially during uh, Mania Week. But as you will know, a lot of stories uh, has been going on. And we got to talk about one of the biggest stories that took off last week. And this comes from... Uh, figure four online and this is it says quote that wwe has come to terms on the release of samoa joe billy k peyton royce mickey james chelsea green tucker Callisto, Callisto, mojo raleigh bo dallas and wesley blake as of today april 15 2021 we wish them the best in all their future endeavors. Now, fellas, this was uh, this was really tough. Uh, maybe not for all was of it? them. Not, yeah. Let me finish. My God. No, just, I just said host. it wasn't. I'm sorry. I just said it wasn't. I just was wondering. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, and and you can and and definitely give you a reason as to why you 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 don't think. But first off, um, Samoa Joe and uh, Billy Kay are were working it. Uh, we knew Samoa Joe had a concussion, and I I miss seeing him in the ring. And I, I don't know how bad it was. I didn't know if he could get back in, or did WWE want to uh, if they wanted to risk that or not. I didn't find his commentary horrible. I thought he did a, a relatively good job with it. As, again, I really I still rather have seen him in the ring. But he was he was working. He was showing up. Hey, the man was out there in the rain at Mania, you know, um, and he was, again, doing a great job. And then and then Billy Kay, you're talking about a person who I was really enjoying. I we talk about WWE being about entertainment and she was entertaining. I just thought even the match that she was in just, you know, coming down, doing all of the, Everything she's been doing with the resume gimmick has just been just been awesome. And I think, you know, those two probably hit me the most because I really wanted to continue to either hear them or or see them. But I'm going to give it to you guys. Tell me, what was your take when you saw this list? Uh, were there any shocks to you? Were there not any? Where do you think we go from here with some of them? Um What's your take? I'll start with you, uh, Sin City. Uh, what, what did you think when you saw the, some of these names that was on this list? Well, I think the thing that honestly really kind of stood out to me was that it was one year to the day that they last made their mm -hmm. major purge. Um, so April 15th of 2020, mm -hmm. uh, they let a bunch of people go um, – right in the middle of the the pandemic right and obviously they caught a lot of flack for that people gave them a whole bunch of shit and um yeah fast forward to april 15th 2021 and you know a, a lot of a lot of very skilled and quite frankly in uh, most of the cases underutilized performers um are now uh trying to figure out what to do next yeah um i i definitely think that um Unfortunately, the writing was on the wall for Billy Kay and Peyton Royce the moment that they split up the Iconics. Yeah, that's true. Um, the the two of them had amazing chemistry uh, from working on the indies um, to getting the NXT contract and then working through NXT coming up to the main roster. Um, and then they split them up for no real given reason. And it was... It, it, 
that that should have been the moment that we knew that their time was uh, limited with the company. Um, but nonetheless, it definitely but, but, sucks to see. But again, Billy's she's being used. Peyton, right. Peyton well, wasn't. So and in and not only being used, but being entertaining. Yeah. So yeah. I, and, I, I, that's the one that, I don't get. We yeah. we had made comments. We had made comments of you know uh, the last uh, the last match that Peyton had with Oscar. Right. Um. And you know we had we had made comment that she had gotten a lot better in the ring. So she had been working on her you know the in ring aspect of her game. Right. And it Billy Kay um, was dare I say, focusing more so on the entertainment aspect of her game. Um, and, you know, she was she was starting to settle into a niche uh, with, you know, getting the uh, the comedy stuff. Right. Um, I th- there she wasn't involved in a segment where, um, you know, she would do something and I didn't react to it. I thought that, you know, the, the writing was actually really well done with that stuff, um, you know, with the segments that she was involved with. Yeah. So, yeah, it really it really sucks to see them um, getting released. But I think that they will definitely be off to greener pastures. Um, They both uh, they both have uh, published that they have new names that they're going to be going by. So it wouldn't surprise me if the moment that their non-compete is over, that they're back in the ring somewhere. Uh, Simon Street, what was your take, man? You saw some of these uh, names. I know you were looking at you. You you was first to. To go, uh, I, don't, I don't, you know, I don't see a kind of a big deal. Uh, I, I, what's your take when you when you saw this list, and where do you think some go from here? I wasn't surprised, mm-hmm. even with Samoa Joe, because okay. with Samoa Joe, um, he actually got a concussion, then got injured. I can't, I can't remember what the particular injury was, mm-hmm. um, and I think even before he got injured, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he would, they were trying to do a push with him. And I think that's when uh, he got injured. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong with the details. So I think that uh, I kind of knew that the writing was going to be on the wall at some point, if he didn't come back soon, I just felt that as far as with the rest of the people, let's kind of look at them. I feel in my opinion that they were better as a package and not individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, as Sin City Steve said, you know, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, they shouldn't have never split up the iconics, plain and simple. They were uh, they, they they were unique, they were authentic, and they worked. Even though, you know, if you look at their entering talent, it wasn't of what you might expect, some would say, but they were still entertaining. I was excited to see them when they split them up. That was a problem. Then you look at Kalisto. Kalisto, uh, another person, ever since him and Sin Cara no longer uh, were together, that we didn't know what to do with Kalisto. I'm saying we, but they didn't know what they wanted to do with Kalisto. And then they put him with Lucha house party. And then that kind of went sideways, I guess. And so he's just been kind of chilling in the back, you know? Uh, so yeah. what didn't surprise me with that. Now, as far as with Tucky, um, when they broke him and Otis up, uh, you know, I knew eventually Otis was already going to go on and do what he was going to do. And Tucky was going to be left behind. We, we actually knew that. The night of, right? Wasn't it almost like a year ago when they split them up? Maybe we kind of knew that Tucky w- uh, wasn't going to go nowhere. The focus was on Otis. Um, who else did it? Uh, oh, and as far as Bo Dallas, well, if if you would believe it, he ain't been on TV for the longest. Bo Dallas's last televised match was in 2019. See, what I'm saying so. Wow. It's like, and again, I'm not trying to disrespect these. These are incredible uh, competitors. They've always been entertaining when they were able to be on a spotlight, but it didn't, it did not surprise me at all that these were the lists. Now I am interested to see where, you know, some of these people will go possibly. Um, I do remember Samoa Joe said a while back, and I remember seeing it in a post right when he started with the commentary booth, he did say that he feels his career is not over. Um, He was enjoying some of the commentary. So I think he said something to to the effect and I'm paraphrasing, um, there's still a fire uh, and a desire for this business in, in ring. So we'll probably see more of Samoa Joe wherever else, whenever else. Uh, he's still got steam in the tank. Uh, I don't know what their new names are for Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. I still want to see more of them. Mm-hmm. I would not be happy if they were completely off TV and retired. Um, I read both of their letters. It was heartfelt. It was very tactically smart, as some would mention. Um 
but yeah, that's pretty much my take on this. It didn't surprise yeah. me. Let me go to Wish you. The best. Um, let me go to you, uh, Matt Michaels. Um, do you? I mean, out of the list of names that you see, are, are, do you find any of them may have a hard time being placed in some other wrestling organization? know because there's enough mm-hmm. to go around now yeah i mean that's that's the thing yeah <clears throat> i don't think that's the problem i also think that everyone gets a little short-sighted and um you forget that when you have uh releases like this um it's a it's a bookkeeping cleanse so for instance Everyone's talking about Joe. Well, if Joe was not going to be cleared by their doctors, then he was not going to wrestle. Mm-hmm. And if that meant that you're going to continue to pay Joe the salary you're paying him just to be a commentator, then that would have probably been a reason to release him. Um, if it had to do with the fact that you moved graves over and you wanted to retain byron saxton um first of all you're fucking insane for wanting i cut his ass he's fucking <laughs> one of the worst in business just get rid of that fucker um, that's dead weight right there um damn but that's how you really feel yeah he ain't the only one i know go ahead <laughs> um so yeah i mean if joe wants to get back in the ring and let's say AEW wants to, you know, take that risk and pay him all this money. Okay, if the price is right, you go for it. But personally, if I'm Joe, I go to Ring of Honor in New Japan on a like a fucking deal that's either uh, you know shot to shot or six months or a year. Yeah, I show that I can wrestle, I can stay healthy, and then drive my price right up. Yeah, that's a smart thing to do. I don't think that any other of these people on this list have any fucking like who cares? Who cares yeah. where they go? Doesn't matter. These are not stars. Yeah. This is this is this is just book cleaning that needed to get done. You know, Bo Dallas. Okay. So, you know, he's wherever he is on his farm with Liv apparently. So if anyone saw Liv uh, Morgan make a little statement about that uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, otherwise, we haven't seen him around. They didn't utilize him at all with uh, Bray. So, yeah, fuck who cares. Mojo Raleigh, God, why is he still? I mean, fuck, he should have been gone <laughs> last year. should have cut his ass. Kalisto, uh-huh. um, who cares? Um, yeah, I mean... And as far as Peyton and um, listen, Peyton's not a good wrestler. Um, Peyton sealed her own fucking death warrant, apparently, by uh, going on uh, Raw Talk and um, probably dropping the Sean Spears line, which uh, probably caught the attention of uh, some backstage. And uh, they gave her Asuka, and I don't think Asuka was given to her uh, necessarily as a, hey, we're going to push you thing. I think it was punishment for going on Raw Talk and saying that. And then, ironically enough, she gets cut a week later. What did she say? She basically, she did a whole fiery speech, and um, she used one of Sean Spears' analogy-type things. You know, it, okay. it's a very insight. It wasn't like she came out and necessarily said something that yeah. was, you know, but it wasn't it. it, it people recognized it. So uh, her mom didn't do husband. her any favors either, though. Her mom, her mom tweeted out um, basically replying to Charlotte um, when Charlotte came back and immediately thrust herself into the championship picture um, that, you know, give somebody else another shot. And Peyton expanded upon that on Raw Talk. And then you, you hit the nail right on the head, I think, Michaels. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, if, I mean, if AW wants to pick her up and she'll be with her husband, fine. Um, she won't 
there's nothing else to that division anyway. So whatever. Um, Billy <laughs> Kay, again, like, hey, you were you were entertained by her. Wonderful. But if you're going to be paying that much money for someone to be contracted to literally come out and um, do a quick bit, it's just fucking dumb to spend your money like that. And I do not think that, um, I don't think that like, I, I think that they happen to get both cut at the same time, but I don't think necessarily that one affected the other. So I think they were just both, they were done with both of them, especially with that women's division. And this, this is what the whole point is. They have just enough talent. So there's other places for people to work. Go work there. People are always saying, well, so-and-so doesn't get a push. Great. They can go to another company now, and let's see if that company pushes them. Because in this company, they're just not worth that value. You know, Joe's the only one who has any type of brand name value of that group. Hell yeah. His net worth is $3 million. Okay. You don't do that off of being ordinary, is what I'm saying. I mean, Yeah, I also don't go looking up people's net worth, but <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I happened to look it up because earlier I was researching other stuff that was going on with him, and I happened to stumble upon right. that. Did not realize he was $3 million. <laughs> So let's jump into our uh, our second count, and I'm just going to uh, pretty much read uh, – read where this comes from. It's ringside news. It's titled WWE's mentality about AEW reportedly changed after strong viewership numbers. AEW Dynamite ran without WWE NXT competition for the first time this week, and they received an outstanding reception. Dynamite garnered a .44 rating in the 1849 demographic and a 1.2 million overnight viewers. And WWE certainly noticed this strong number. Now, during Wrestling Observer's radio, Dave Meltzer heavily implied that AEW's big viewership number was a, quote, huge deal, end quote. He then spoke about the WWE releases and reiterated how those releases came before the viewership numbers for an unopposed AEW Dynamite came in. Quote, they cut Samoa Joe on Thursday morning, not Thursday afternoon or Thursday night. Things changed greatly in a couple of hours. The mentality was very different. Thursday morning over Thursday night, very different. So you know if he can get clear, there's a lot of stuff he can do right now. It's a good period for him, and there are and there are a lot of places that would want him. And then they finish up by saying it's unclear if WWE would have still released those 10 superstars if they knew AEW Dynamite clocked in with over 1.2 million overnight viewers. We also have to wonder if Vince McMahon would have still allowed Chris Jericho on the Broken Skull Sessions. All right, fellas, so let's just go right into it here. Do would you find this at all that now Vince McMahon or WWE sees what type of numbers that AEW put in would they have second-guessed any of the guys or gals that they had let go now knowing what they saw happen? Because the rumor before was, you know, Vince McMahon was locking down everybody so that other, not just others, but AEW would not grab them. Now it seems like maybe Vince, uh, I don't know. You know, he don't, you know, it seemed like he just didn't care. But now they're saying, well, they kind of rolled some eyes here when they saw that number. What's your guys' take on this? Do you think it did it changed anything or you think Vince is still confident in what he did? Was this a very smart move and actually really not worried about anything of AEW and the numbers that they pulled on Wednesday night? Let's go. What you got? Doesn't make a damn bit of difference. At the end of the day, WWE, although we're happy that AEW was able to, uh, what was that number again, Sin City Steve, that they did? One point, was it 1.4? It's 1.2, one, like 1. I just said. Okay, yeah. okay, all right. So that that's a great number. What's that, what's that number look like in the next couple of months? Is it still somewhat of a close emerging number? And I feel like WWE's a lot, a lot smarter and been in business long enough. If they were going to entertain those type of numbers, they will look at it 
is that what's the consistent? It's only been one night and we're happy for AEW, but is that what they're going to do week after week after week after week after? So it wouldn't have made a difference. Um, they cut who they cut. Sin City. Um, Samoa Joe gets picked up by AEW. Um, from that time he gets picked up and two months in, they're rating somehow through, let's say, great storylines now and great mat, uh, bookings have now put them over a two, a 2.0 in their uh, uh, million, in their, in their viewers. Does WWE start to think going forward before who they let go? Or still, it doesn't really matter because, hey, they got to do what they got to do. Well, I think that because you mentioned them being over a two, I'll plan that hypothetical. Okay. Yeah, no problem. Um, because right now, that would mean that more people would be watching AEW Dynamite than people that watch Raw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would. Um, right now, I don't think that AEW is even a shred of a concern to WWE or Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. Um, but that could change if they start to see that more people are watching Dynamite than are watching WWE Raw, mm-hmm. which has been destination programming for over 30 years. Yeah. So... I, yeah. I think I, I think I think that that would make them take notice, but it's going to take something drastic like that to make them take notice. So let me ask you, Matt Michaels, up you you the you the rolling eye man. You sit and you roll your eyes the entire time that the segment's going on. You tell me that you don't see that there could possibly be an issue with you know WWE second guessing themselves if they start to see. Especially AEW's numbers. They're the ones that, that have the highest numbers. So basically, Are you saying that you would not at you all? Just, you just went out here and you just said Samoa Joe by himself being signed by AEW is going to garner them eight. I didn't say he was going. A, hypo- a hypothetical says if he did that, if he did. If he did that, he should get his own fucking show. <laughs> All the, facts, brother. Hey, bottom line is you don't know how whatever and signing happens. Dave fucking Meltzer. <laughs> Fuck Dave Meltzer. He's a fucking hack. This guy goes on and goes, oh, well, they all of a sudden changed their minds because of AEW's number. Because they did this early Thursday morning. Would have done it at night. Because Lord knows that Peyton Royce and Billy Kay and Kalisto and fucking Mojo Raleigh. God damn it. I hate Dave Meltzer. You fucking suck. Go back to your fucking hack fucking. Get, get your money from your people that are just fucking brainwashed by your shit that you've been doing for over 30 years. Pick your fucking 60-year-old nutsack up off the ground. Oh, my God. And uh, take it home, man, because, boy, oh, boy, what a fucking stupid, stupid fucking argument. That's fucking ridiculous. So, Impact, does this mean that we got to fight Melter if there's some retaliation against Michaels? You is expressed by Matt Michaels. Do not reflect the rest of the Vegas Bad Boys podcast. Well, no, 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 because because you know somebody get at one of us, you know I'm gonna have to take the gloves off. I'm just saying, not physically, but you know, just saying. Does that mean we gotta go up against Melter? It's the most asinine thing to create your content by saying, "Well, I heard." The fuck is that? Hey, he, from where? He where is was a, his resources? He is a journalist. He's a journalist. But where did he get it for, though? Well, where he's did not, he get it he's not going to tell you that. Of course not, because it doesn't exist. Meltzer's yeah. always had that problem. <laughs> and people have always asked that question about the stuff Meltzer has come up with. We're not the you only know, ones. You know what you do? If it's a year from now, and you start looking at the numbers, and you go, hey, boy, they shouldn't have let these certain people go. Sure. That's great. If it's the day after, go fuck yourself. It's too you soon didn't even give it a week. Yeah, that's way too soon. It's not even the 90 days compete clause. <laughs> it's not even 89 days into it. This is ridiculous. And for him to be fucking peddling this shit, that just goes you the show. Oh, my God. Motherfucker. 
motherfucker. I hate when I start fucking feeling like Cornette, but this is this is just the problem with Meltzer. And it's not even guys like Meltzer. It is Meltzer. <laughs> Uniquely himself. That's awesome. All yeah, right. I don't, no, yeah. no, in, in all honesty, honestly, and this is one thing to keep in mind. Yeah. And this is why it makes me so mad. Look at all those names they've let go last year. Nobody said nothing like like what's happening now. I mean, they were upset, but they weren't like this. The the biggest thing about those names last year, they shouldn't have done it during the pandemic. Okay, that's fair. Waited six months or whatever. Yeah, let them go. Would have been the same fucking result. So, gotcha. All right, guys. <laughs> Let's jump over into our third account. This comes from CagesideSeats.com. The new pro wrestling TV schedule is bonkers. Of course, with confirmation of uh, NXT moves to Tuesdays. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll let you finish. And ahead, I will. Man. I will shut up. I'll say my piece right now. Okay. If you have to write the obvious then it's not a story boy there's wrestling on every night it's crazy <laughs> well thank you for that we appreciate that uh michaels um so with uh nxt moved to tuesdays and um and, and of course impacts uh move now to thursdays it says, now we know what the post-WrestleMania 37 television and streaming schedule is going to look like. And he also speaks for himself that as an old man uh, who is, you know, used to waiting all week for the weekend when I get a WWF clip show, it's, in the, you know, it's an embarrassment of riches, but it also makes you wonder who's going to be able to or interested in keeping up with all of this. Well, what is all of this? Well, on Monday, you got AEW Dark, Elevations on YouTube, ROH TV on Fight, WWE Raw on USA. How about on Tuesday, AEW Dark on YouTube, NWA Power on Fight, WWE NXT on USA. How about on Wednesday, AEW Dynamite on TNT, MLW Fusion on YouTube. Thursday, Impact Wrestling on Access, New Japan Pro Wrestling on Roku Channel, and WWE NXT UK on Peacock. And, of course, Friday, New Japan Strong and New Japan World and Fight. Um... On fight, and then WWE SmackDown on Fox, WWE 205 Live on Peacock. And then he, he goes back saying, of course, the beauty of it is that you don't have to, quote, keep up with all of it, end quote. But even if you want to keep up with one company, there are on-demand options for most of these things. YouTube highlights, Twitter feeds, and third-party web coverages to rely on. And it will make it harder for a smaller player to stand out which is a factor in why almost everyone who isn't WWE is crossing over with others to make their show part of a bigger, more essential whole. Okay? Um, and that's the part we're going to talk about in that sentence. But let me just finish right here. Lapsed or casual fans may look at that and just throw up their hands up in the air like, ah, if enough diehards salivate at the prospect of multiple shows to watch every night of the week and above doesn't include pay-per-views and events that fill up most weekends, this could just be the start of even more, even more market saturations. Okay, okay, guys, let's go back to that sentence, though. It makes it harder for a smaller player to stand out, which is a factor of why almost everyone who is a WWE who is crossing over with others to make their show part of a bigger, more essential whole so let's just start right with it uh let me go with you uh simon street is it just way too much i mean for, as a wrestling fan yes i mean I, yeah i mean you gotta be exciting you got a lot of options but if you want to keep up with all of it you're barely gonna be able to sleep how does how does one handle this in this time where you know, there's just a lot of wrestling on tv simon well, first and foremost, I haven't really met anybody who is a wrestling fan that watches all of those products on a weekly basis, truly, honestly, without having to do those cut corners, as you mentioned earlier, with certain off-brand YouTube sites that compile, you know, what happened throughout the week. Sure. I'll say that much. Number one, I ain't got that kind of time. I barely have enough time to, to, to do the things I'd like to do, let alone watch that much. But yeah. what is interesting enough with that, when I look at this, 
one thing, what Michael said earlier in another show, I probably should get Fight TV because damn, there's a lot of shit on fucking Fight TV. Right. <laughs> it's different when you look at it. You're like, God damn, Fight TV got all that shit? All right. But number two, um, it's one of those things. You like what you like. If you see something on the list you like, fucking watch the shit. Don't worry about that other shit, man. And well, the cool thing is. Let me ask you, but what, but what happens if you like it all? If I like it all, shit, well, in my personal life, I just call up DJ Impact to tell me what the fuck happened on Impact. If it's something that has to do with New Japan, I'm going to call up Sin City. In fact, I might get better quality on a run play-by-play -play with numbers and stats from Sin City Steve than me trying to fucking figure out shit. That's the cool thing, because mm -hmm. for me, I look at it as, look, when you are part of a wrestling community, you have an opportunity to reach out. And, and, and really, that's something I haven't done recently myself that this is kind of a good buy-in, a good leeway into it. We, maybe we should all challenge ourselves not to watch every damn show, but to maybe reach out and say, hey, since this is, man, I ain't watch, uh, you know, New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, you know, strong, man. What happened on there? Is there anything that you think I should probably watch that's worth watching? Man, bro, you should watch this. Da -da 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 -da. You know, if I hit up Michaels, hey, Michaels, was anything interesting to watch on NWA Power? Should I really tune in? Man, dude, last week wasn't that good, but this week was fire. Think about it. Think of the fun we could have. And it's not just with us. It's just for everybody. So when I see that, I see opportunity to really have that conversation because I'm not going to watch all that. The other question I will say, and I'll leave it at that, is uh, I'm trying to figure out with that much AEW dark elevation, AEW dark on YouTube and dynamite. Why do I have a hard enough time just watching AEW dark? <laughs> and, 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 and that's nothing against right, the right. product. Sure. All right. I'm just saying it just as much to me. Why am I not invested watching AEW Dark Elevation? Not that they got to change the system to fit my needs, but I got to ask myself that question. Why am I not? Why am I not invested in trying to watch that? Let Again, me have, conversation I can have. Let me go over to you, uh, Sin City. I mean, smaller promotions i mean does he make a good point there i mean especially if you're all you know wwe and you're trying to now keep up with i guess that would be four well five right i mean if you add uh uk and if you add 205 i don't i doubt a lot of people but sure it's still wwe right so if you're diehard wwe and all their programming they do you know if if being that they have the name i mean they if they get the majority of your time it's going to be very hard, you know, if you want to get with MLW or NWA, which deserves to get some sort of numbers and built as well. What would you say about that? So here's the thing is you, you, you mentioned right at the beginning, mm -hmm. and it's mentioned in the article, that you don't have to watch every single show. Mm -hmm. um, ultimately, what's going to happen is most of these shows have been running for a while anyway. So these different fan bases are already immersed in the product that they like the best. Um, and I think that bringing in more casual fans is the only kind of growing pain that, you know, the smaller promotions are going to face. Mm -hmm. um, but for the more seasoned uh, wrestling fan, what I'm going to mention is I'm going to draw a parallel. Okay. Work with me here on this. Okay to the cheese the cheesecake factory menu okay <laughs> all right like fucking this so it's a pretty big menu the cheesecake factory menu has over 200 dishes on that motherfucker <laughs> it does. okay and according to business insider yes i'm citing sources on this <laughs> it has over 5940 words on that menu okay yeah realistically speaking you don't have to read the whole fucking thing yeah. you don't have to eat everything on the menu right you don't have to watch every single wrestling show yeah go with what you like and then if you feel adventurous now you have the availability and the capability to hey let's let's try something new let's check out mlw let's check out roh let's check out future stars of wrestling Let's check these different promotions out that definitely deserve to have different eyes on them from all over the country and all over the world. Right. Yeah. I think that what's what's more than anything getting lost in the shuffle is that now is the best time in in existence right. to be a professional wrestling fan sure. because there truly is something for everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, Matt Michaels. I know you've already said your your piece on it, but let me let me just say this. You know, I, I've told you in the past that 
one of my biggest mistakes earlier in the in the 90s is I was just hardcore WWE. I paid no attention to what was happening in WCW for the exception of NWO because again it was making a lot of noise. You ha- if you didn't know what was going on then, you must have been living in the rock. So I, I turned I flipped the station here and then of course I watched during the Monday Night Wars, but I just wasn't at the same time now even with talking with you guys here at the Bad Boys, you guys reference a lot of things that happened in WCW, which was exciting, which was fun. I missed out on those uh, those t- those times. I guess my big thing right now is there could be things happening right now in MLW, in NWA, um, in, you know, New Japan, uh, those types of things that I feel like I should be trying to watch, but it is a little bit in, uh, impossible to get to it all. How does one? manage and pick and choose if they really wrestling fans you know want to be a part of of these promotions well you know the thing is is that i would say that i i would venture to say that a hundred percent of wrestling fans do not want to be a part participate in all these promotions Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing I don't know what this misconception is that, you know, wrestling fans like all this content. The the quite honest truth is that if you put together all the subscriptions for between Peacock now at five or 10 bucks a crack, New Japan at 10 bucks, um, Fight TV at five bucks, that's not including pay per views, mm-hmm. all right? AEW pay per views, mm-hmm. um, as well as uh, you know anything else that you would tack on to your viewing for the cost issue. Mm-hmm. You're paying a lot of fucking money every month to to view everything in wrestling. Sure. So no, that's that. I don't. I don't think there's any way to really realistically do that. Yeah. Um, Here's the thing, and and Sean Reuter, or Reuter, whatever your name is, um, I hope Cage Side paid you nicely for that little article. Article of, hey, look at the fucking TV Guide website and go, oh, okay, here I'll just put these on an article. Um, listen, fact of the matter is this: AW fans are typically going to watch AEW, probably New Japan, maybe Impact if one of their guys is on it, (laughs) and possibly ROH, you know, depending on how much of a wrestling snob the fan is, Mm -hmm. right? They're not going to even try to put in WWE. All right. Outside of doing this programming, Steve would not be watching WWE. Unless, RNXT. Yeah. Unless there was, you know, something that was brought to his attention by someone else. Right. That he should check out this clip or this match. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's fine. The, you know, there's, I don't think it's, I don't think it's just wrestling. I think there's just a societal thing right now that we just tend to, Everything has to have winners and losers. And if the stuff I like, you don't like, then fuck you because you're wrong. <laughs> the stuff I like is the only thing that counts. Right. So thank you for saying um, that. Which is sad. And and thank you for saying that too, because kind of what I was saying, like, like there's things that I'm not interested in as a wrestler. I mean, not as a wrestler, as a wrestling fan. Sure. But I find it more interesting to talk to wrestling fans of that product because I feel like they give it more excitability for me to listen to either a watch or just listen to what they have to say. And then that way, if it's factual enough, I can go have a conversation with someone who watched the party. Like I don't watch the product, but man, I'm telling you what, my, Michaels watches that man. He kind of told me like that, man, that really happened. Yeah. And then now you have a conversation. You know, it's and it's very interesting. Um, we give you shit, DJ, all the time about being the um, the blinder fan, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, you, you you don't read dirt sheets or this or that that would 
give something away in terms of the inner workings of things okay right. you like to watch something and um find the entertainment value of it yep which is a very good thing that is what i i would call your ideal fan right mm -hmm. companies no matter what the product is if it's wrestling if it's star wars if it's you know mm. uh you know friday the 13th or you know whatever the product is if you can watch it and just enjoy it and be entertained or be a little disappointed in it but not really you know rolling the thing over the coals because you know your whole fucking childhood was ruined because of this that or the other sure. that didn't fall into the canon of something mm -hmm. the biggest problem is the wrestling fans who think they know everything of the inner workings and know why the WWE is so bad, <laughs> why AEW is so good, or why AEW sucks, and you know, Ring of Honor uh, should be the the thing that is looked at. Um, because I I would gather about seventy five percent of wrestling fans are people who consider themselves smart marks because they think they know the inner goings. This is one of my reasons I don't like Meltzer is because Meltzer is the one who allows these people then to pontificate off of his theory mm. to then go, well, it has to be true because, you know, so-and-so is talking about so-and-so with so-and-so. And this gets started because Meltzer just happened to say that he heard something or was informed of something. Mm -hmm. Um I mean, listen, if we all had Terry Taylor on speed dial, we'd all be believing whatever the fuck he'd be saying, right? <laughs> right. So that's the whole the whole issue. The issue is now there is it's not that there's so much more wrestling to watch. There's so much more wrestling to complain about. Mm. And that is the bottom line hook. Because you know what doesn't translate into ratings are, are people who just want to go online and shit on everything. And then in turn, aren't even watching certain things. Yeah. They're, just, they're, they're just looking to complain. That's it. Yeah. yeah. They're just looking to complain. They're not even enjoying the product. You know what I mean? And it's just like at, at some point, I think we've all felt that. I don't know. If, I don't know if Impact's ever. I've taken a break from wrestling because when I did allow myself to hear dirt sheets all the time and be around, I was like, I can't do this wrestling shit no more. Like I, I took like a half a year. This was like seven, eight years ago. I didn't want to deal with it no more because it takes the fun out of it. Well, and and it, it also is one of the more complex things. Unless you've actually worked in either television production wrestling itself um it, it, it's one of the most complex things when you bring all these components together because wrestling is not just going out there and playing a baseball game or a football game right it's something that's weekly then you talk about television ratings well the whole thing with wrestling is wrestling was popular before TV came about, but it lost its popularity when the public found out that wrestling was scripted. So what happened in the 1950s is with television needing programming, they turned to wrestling and because now they could fill an hour or two hour slots with a live local wrestling show from the auditorium, you know, the, the Olympic auditorium in LA or in Chicago with the old uh, Chicago stadium, Madison square garden, you know, all these different places. What started happening is wrestling went from a competitive, you know, guys who actually were known as grapplers to now guys like Gorgeous George 
when they started realizing, oh, wait, there's something here. TV personalities you can relate to. So the real winners with all this wrestling on TV are the wrestlers. That's true. Because they get the opportunity now to wrestle on all these different programs that maybe they wouldn't get a chance to have done just a few years ago. You know, it's interesting you say that because I've, I've kind of thinking about it too, maybe a couple weeks ago. So the way it used to be a long time ago is you go through the Indies and for the people who normally don't get an opportunity, you'd put some good amount of years on before you even get an opportunity. Do you see now with this larger exposure of programming TV, you'll see people that didn't have to wait 10, maybe, you know, 10, 15 years before they got to the main stage. Do you see that maybe they could possibly put in a solid five years, have good, solid work ethic, meet the right people, and bam, they could possibly get an opportunity faster? Oh, a lot of guys are getting opportunities faster because AEW is allowing them to wrestle as jobbers, essentially, on Dark and and these other programs. You know, everyone complains about the WWE and, oh, they're not pushing so-and-so. Well, Mo- Mojo Rawley, he had his run. Yeah. He was not going to sell you fucking merchandise. He was not going to be your world champion. So what do you do with a guy like that then? You have him lose on TV because he has a little established polish to him, right? So that makes your bigger guy look more established. This is something WWE has perfected over the years from transitioning from a show like Superstars back in the 80s, which you never, rarely ever saw Hulk Hogan. And if Hulk Hogan was wrestling, he was wrestling a moondog, okay? You always saw the jobbers jobbing out to the guys that were building as characters, you had a problem with that transitioning in the Monday Night Raw era or the Monday Night, um, um, you know, Wars Monday era. Night Wars. Mm-hmm. Because when Raw started out, you could even see they were still using some of those jobbers in 93 and 94 on Raw. But as soon as the ratings war started happening, now it was becoming you have to have big names. So you got to keep the audience attention and you can pull away from other shows, you know, or, or at least from Nitro, you know, um, the biggest thing about most of this stuff now is that nothing has a direct correlation on ratings right away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you look at all these things that are listed as streaming shows like NWA Listen, if if they get followers and they get people, you know, buying into what they're selling, then great. They can continue to put on shows. They're just trying to survive, you know, and that's pretty much the structure of ROH and of impact. And and then we get into that broader question of, well, should these companies be working together in a sense to, you know, try to compete with WWE? What is very interesting and very dangerous is that if all these companies start working with AEW, then you have the potential of it backfiring on every single other company because now AEW becomes as powerful as WWE and all those other companies are gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got a point because they didn't get a spot at the table. Yep. Yeah, that's a very excellent point. Well, guys, thanks. Um, excellent conversation tonight. Uh, appreciate you uh, uh, working with me with these three topics, and we thank everyone for listening. That is our three count for tonight. And, um, again, we thank everybody for listening. We're going to give our final thoughts for this week, and um, <clears throat> and we'll go from there. So let's start over with you, Simon Street. What do you want to tell the good folks out there? Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate uh, every uh, new viewer as much as we appreciate our day ones and our people that contribute. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for uh, helping us. It helps the show go even further. Um, and like I said, nothing better to spread the word than word of mouth. Um, if you like what you heard tonight and you meet somebody in a store and I don't know, they see you have a wrestling shirt on, you know, do us a favor and say, hey, man, I listen to this really cool uh, podcast, man. You know, four guys, they all got personalities, but they they keep it real with, with wrestling. That helps so much because you'd be surprised 
we're a community at the end of the day and we appreciate you, each and every one of you. So thank you. No doubt. Let's go over to you, Sin City Steve. Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Thanks for uh, liking, sharing, subscribing, all the great stuff that you guys do. We really appreciate it. Um, also, special thanks to every brave man and woman serving this country on lands, foreign and domestic. You enable us to do this show and everything that we do. So we appreciate you. Thank you very much. And last but certainly not least, repsports.com, R-E-P-P-Sports.com. Go there for all of your uh, energy drink, pre-workout, weight loss needs. Again, that's repsports, R-E-P-P-Sports.com. Use promo code Vegas at checkout and save yourself 15%. All right, all right. And let's go over to you, Matt Michaels. Hey, Fast 9, Fast and Furious 9, going to be here this summer. John Cena playing the villain. Can't go wrong. <laughs> going to be fucking amazing. All right. That is that. Um, you've heard the names. You know Zoe Starks. You know Chris Bay. You know Karrion Cross. Where do these names... Where do they get their start from? Well, you know what? If you happen to tune in on our every Wednesday's podcast on the DeFalco Files, you will get a chance to hear um, excellent talk with Joe DeFalco of Future Stars of Wrestling, where these names um, you actually heard, and I, I believe on our um, wrestling talk, um, Simon Street had referenced uh, Zoe Starks saying this, how uh, difficult it was for her those eight years just going hard to get to where she's at right now and putting in that work future stars of wrestling is the, is is the place where she she got that training and got to where she's at now you want to give that show a listen you definitely will enjoy it and and those are just the three names that we currently they they have a long list of rosters of people who we've just enjoyed who's been wrestling for uh, a long time. It's a great show. It's hosted by Matt Michaels. Again, every Wednesday, if you can, download that show. You're guaranteed to enjoy it, all right? With that, we thank everybody, again, for uh, for, for listening, our supporters. Jay, thank you for everything you do. Storm and Mormon, we thank you for everything that you do. All of our people in the chat. Chris, thanks for hanging out, man. We give you a lot of props for that and, and everyone else that hangs out. And until then, we will see you next week when we do it all over again. All right. Till then, peace. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. <laughs>